Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today, December 19th, 2021, we're in season three, Andy, episode number episode number six. How are you doing today? Good, good. How about yourself? Uh, getting better from my cold. I got a little bit of a voice uh, issue, but uh, I should be set here for next week. Nice. Um, we got some good sports to talk about, college bowls, D2, D3 football, concerts, music, yeah. Soapbox. Yeah, old, the soapbox is loaded today. There's three tiers today. Lots of tiers. Now we're yeah. also going to talk a little bit about the New York Mets. But first trivia. Here's a trivia question. Speaking of said Mets. Speaking of the Mets, they announced that Bo uh, Buck Showalter will be managing this year the Mets. Brand new manager. Not brand new, but new for them. To them. He makes it the fifth manager in the history of baseball that has been the manager of both the Yankees and the Mets at one point in their, their careers. Who are the other four? The question is, who are the other four people on this planet or formerly from this planet? Yes. Late, the late, late folks late. that have been yes, managed both the Yankees on there. Mets, both teams in New York, uh, in New York City. There's, there's, there's five now. Buck Trollwalt is the fifth. The question is, who are the other four? So we'll come back to that All right. uh, later on. But go ahead and start with your uh, sports info. I will get right into it here. Do my thing here. Let's start with girls hockey. High school girls hockey here in the state of Minnesota. Rankings have started coming out. Here we fly. Here are the girls' rankings. Class A, you see Warroad, Orono, and Proctor. Hermantown still top six. Really a top six didn't change. Moose Area moved up. New All moved up. Simley enters the top ten. Class AA, top three stay the same as Andover, Edina, and Tonka stay on top. Uh, Gentry moves up to, from ten to five. The same top ten is kind of switched orders there. A lot of teams playing each other so you don't juggle around too far. Boys hockey. Class A, top five are roughly the same. Delano and Little Falls switch spots. Uh, Fergus and Northfield switch spots, but basically the same top ten as last week. Double A, Edina, Lakeville, South State, top two. Grand Rapids drops from three to nine. Um, others moving up. Rosso and Elk River joining the clubs. Prior Lake up to number four. Girls basketball. Here we go. Here's some rankings. Now, these are as of the 3rd of December, so there's been some changes on some of these, but it's better than nothing. we got to get some girls' talk here going. Hopkins 1, Chaska 2, Tonka 3. Tonka's got a nice team this year. Yeah, I'm a homer, but they're a good team. We'll keep an eye on them. 3A, Becker, Austin, and Mankato East are your top three as of the 3rd of December. Nice teams. Changes coming up. Um, not many games played, so we're not updating the rankings a lot. These are all based off Star Tribune, uh, MinHub, just the other day. So they'll probably be updated later. And we'll, over the holidays, um, we will have this update on our social media sites. Class 2A, Providence Academy, Minnehaha Academy, Fergus Falls Academy, Lake City Academy, all of them up there. And A, Mountain Iron, number one. And I see Cass Lake. Number three, 0-0. Oh, no. I said a lot of teams haven't played games yet. They're getting there. Just relax. 
Mayor Lutheran at four. Boys basketball. These are as of the 15th of December, so he's a little more updated. Four A at Park Center, Shakopee and Wyzetta. Top three. Class 3A, Teltino Grace, De La Salle, and South St. Paul. I think if you just want to save that on a loop, that'll be a Class 3A, I think, for a while this year. 2A, you got North, Minnehaha Academy, and Caldinia, the top three. Maple River at six. And 1A, Sleepy Eye St. Mary's takes over number one. New York Mills at six. Fertile nine, drops to nine. High school wrestling. Yeah, I know it's NCAA match, but leave me alone. From the guillotine.com site, as of the summer nine, here are your rankings for 3A, 2A, and 1A. 3A, St. Michael Albertville, Waconia, Shakopee, your top three. Bemidji at seven. Double A, Simley, Cass, and Becker, your top three. Daskal Cato at 8, New Prague at 10, Watertown Mayor at 11. Class A, Kimball, Belgrade, and Jackson County are your top three. And there you go, Maple River down at number 12. Whoops, wrong button. Johnny. Okay, NCAA Women's Basketball Associated Press top five. South Carolina remains number one, NC State. Stanford, Arizona, and Baylor. These were all of last week as of the 12th. And the men, Baylor, Duke, Purdue, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Women's hockey. Sky, number one. Ohio State, Northeastern. Winnipeg, and the Gophers at five. Dropped from four, but they're still top five. The men's, Minnesota State, holding on to number one. North Dakota up to five. And the Badgers finally win the volleyball title. They were, uh, they've been there four times and never won one. Nebraska had won five in the past. Look at those scores from last night. 22 25-31-29, 25-23, 23-25, 15-12. Got your dollars worth if you went. It was a long night watching it, but it was fun. It was exciting. Congrats to the Wisconsin Badgers team on their first national championship. Speaking of national champions, Bison football. Here's the semifinals. I'll just give a little prelim to what Dan's getting to later on. Montana State beat beat the Bunnies to advance, 31-17. The Bison held on to the 2014 victory over JMU which JMU in the next couple of years is going to Division One, so that's that. The Bison advanced to their ninth title game in 11 years. And here's how the brackets work. Number two, Bison. Okay, the other guy says number eight, Montana. South Dakota State wasn't ranked. So, yes, the Bison should be favored. But Montana State was still ranked eighth and made the championship. Give them some love and respect. They earned the right to be there. Yeah, they that that game. I watched more of that game than the other one, and uh, that Montana State is is going to be tough. I I have to imagine North Dakota NDSU is going to be favored. It'll probably win that, but if there's an upset on January eighth, don't be surprised. This Montana State team, the Bobcats, 
are, uh, are tough and they're going to travel well to big, big fan base there. I didn't, I was unaware of that. As yeah. Well. They travel good. The buys will travel good. I mean, Frisco, Texas is known as Fargo South. So we'll see. It'll be fun to watch. The soapbox. Soapbox time. Kind of kicked me off. Thanks for the intro there to upsets. The word upsets get overused in sports. Yes, there were some great upsets. But when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson, that was an upset. When the U.S. hockey team won the gold medal at 80, that was an upset. Like in basketball there today. When number 12 beats number five, that is not an upset. Secretary is news media points and everybody else calling, oh, upset in basketball. Number 18 beat number five. That's not an upset. That's just a win. I mean, was it an upset because they weren't favored to win? Yes, but don't lead it with big, bold letters upset like it was shocking news, you know. That word's getting overused and overplayed in sports. And it's getting kind of losing its sting, losing its value to me when you hear. So when I see upset alert on the screen or something like that, I just kind of blow it off because it means nothing. It's kind of losing its shock value. Soapbox part two, AEW wrestling. Um, I will get into the pay-per-view, the, the pay-per-view, or not pay-per-view, but the big card from Wednesday night, Winter's Coming. I covered that on the page two episode. But there's some scuttlebutt going on in AEW right now. Um, one of the female wrestlers shut down her Twitter account because of fans attacking her on there. Um, one of the guys that wrestled there about a month and a half ago proposed to his girlfriend live after one of the events. Oh, such a beautiful moment. Well, they've broken up now. And everybody's saying these other two, that the gal who shut down her social media and this other guy are dating now and she broke up their relationship, and she's recently divorced, and they broke up each other's relationship. Who cares? I don't watch AEW to find out who's dating who. I don't care who's dating who, and I don't want to care. And if you got to go shaming people online for who they're dating or not dating, get a hobby. There. True. Sports and coronavirus. Soapbox number three. Great image. Nice. You like that? That's might be my new my, my new background screen. Um, what's going on is NHL, NBA have had to cancel and postpone games. College basketball had to move some around. Football as we'll see is moving some games around because of this. I'm not gonna say trust the science, I'm saying trust the math. If you test more people like they're doing. Funny, you're going to get more positive results. Trust the math. NHL Saturday and Sunday, these are the games that were postponed. Not scheduled. These were just the postponed games. And here's the rest of the week's schedule postponed. And I just read today ESPN, and we got Kaplan to put on ESPN.com. NHL suspending games with cross-border travel until after Christmas. And the Olympics are still up in the air, if you ask me, in February. They're supposed to take a February break for the Olympics. Those are still up in the air, and I'll cover that more later in the week. 27 games postponed already by the NHL for this. I'm afraid to say 
are they going to go back to bubbling? Are they going to call the season after February when they're supposed to break for the Olympics anyway and try to make up these games then if they don't do the Olympics? Don't know. I also wouldn't be surprised if the NFL bubbles for the playoffs because of the billion-dollar industry it is there. And here's their schedule changes. Game from Saturday got moved to Monday night at 4 o'clock Central. That's 2 o'clock in L.A. to watch the game. Um, the Raiders-Browns. And two games were moved to Tuesday. Now, Monday night, they're going to have a game. These are Central times, because so work with me on this and follow along. You have the game at 4 and the regular Monday night game, which is at 8. Two different networks. Fat, dumb, and happy life goes on. And I kind of like the idea of two Monday night games anyway. It, you know. But Tuesday night, two games, same time, same channel. Granted, three of the four teams aren't going to make the playoffs or anyway, so no big deal. But why, why couldn't one be on a different network? Why is it one at an earlier time? I mean, one's on the West Coast. It could have started at 10 o'clock Central. That's 8 o'clock on the West Coast. Why is it one of, if Fox has both games, why couldn't Fox put one of the games on FS1? Unless they're showing some meaningless bowl game, then move that to FS2. There's no reason Fox have both games at the same time that night when it, last year, I'm sorry, last year the way they were not scheduling games and removing games, Last year, Washington the Eagles, they would not have moved that game. They would have said, tough bounce, deal with it. Same with the Raiders and Browns. I guarantee that. So, so did Fox have these two games to begin with for, uh, probably, for today? Yeah, I, I believe so, but why could they move one to their FS1 channel? The, the West Coast game, why could that start later, like 8 o'clock Central or 9 Central, you know, after the first game? Yeah, one's East Coast, one's West Coast. Kind of yet double header. At the same time. Fox doesn't have a lot of 10 p.m. programming that's real important. It's not like you can't move in the Tonight Show or any of these other late-night show talk shows, you know. it's I don't even know what's on at 10 o'clock on Fox in this network, you know. So wh- why the NFL screwed up the schedule change, I don't know. Again, not that I'm going to watch any of these games on Tuesday night anyway. Most real men have bowling league Tuesday night, can't watch football anyway, so who cares? Now, the this week with the bowl games coming on, there is a, a bowl game Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. that's on ESPN, so it's going to interfere with that somewhat, but yep, who knows? Doesn't ESPN have Monday Night Football? Yes. Well, so the, Vi- the Vikings game against the Bears is going to be on the normal time at the Monday Night game. Yeah. And there's a game that could have been moved. I mean, you can't flex the Monday games, but so stuck watching that one. Interesting. The Mets, like we did mention earlier, Buck Showalter was announced there he is in Mets colors. Thank God for someone who knows how to do Photoshop. Hmm. Um, two things I like about Buck being called in as manager. Um, it, it, Dusty Baker coming out of nowhere has, has helped. Houston, stay relevant. I think Buck's going to be the same way because he's going to bring some of the old school mix in. He's going to know one to let the young guys pop off, but he's going to know one to reel them in too. I think that's where Reyes lost him last year. He got caught up in the emotion with the young players. 
Buck will know when to let them dance and celebrate, but then he's going to know when to pull the reins in. Okay, boys, back to business. So that's what I think he can bring to the team. They're a win-now club, and he's a win-now guy. And he's head manager of the year three times in three different teams. So here we go. Showalter will be the Mets. Not only gain a veteran manager for the first year since Terry Collins was there in 2017. He's worked 20 years in leagues with the Yankees, D-backs, Rangers, Orioles, most recently spending nine seasons with Baltimore. Um, he's 65 years old, head New York, where the Mets intend to compete for a playoff spot. We've talked about the free agents they've signed. He's going to be there. They're winning. They want to win now. They're opening the checkbook. Let's get a leader in who can do it. So I think that's what we're doing. You know, look at his experience, all these years managing since 92 to 95 with New York, uh, eight years with Baltimore. And those were tough eight years in Baltimore. Um, Texas and the D-backs. So he's got experience with younger teams, good teams, so we'll see. You know, he's with the Yankees before their dynasty stuff. So he built it up. Torrey came in and rode that wave. So we'll see how that goes. Good luck to Coach Buck. Also, here's his overall record. 1551 and 1570, so he's about a 500 manager. Postseason five times, never won a league championship series. Um, he was in the front office for a while, and now he's back being a manager. Urban Meyer, um, he's looking for a job. He was fired by the Jags this week. Here's a report from ESPN. Urban Meyer became the first NFL coach fired this season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars and owner Shad Khan pulled the plug on Wednesday, but the story is just beginning. Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter of ESPN report the Jags fired Meyer for a cause and did not intend to pay out the remainder of his contract. Jacksonville, this is a quote from them. The Jacksonville Jaguars fired their former head coach, Urban Meyer, for causes, sources tell ESPN, with the intent of not paying him the remaining four years of his contract. The source within the organization said that Jaguars' reasons for withholding the remaining guarantees are not tied to one specific event or one specific incident, but rather accumulation of instances that Jacksonville's officials believe justified the firing. Meyer, for cause, became an instant lightning rod in Jacksonville. He is widely planned. He is widely planned for his decision or panned. I'm sorry for his decision to sign Tim Tebow to play tight end, and things only spiraled from there. Okay, side note, I thought that was a good thing to bring Tebow in, just during camp anyway. I, I thought that was a good call. In August, Meyer was investigated for committing, or for comments he made about vaccinated players. Following that month, reports began to surface about conflicts Meyer had with players. Then became broken media traditions, rumors of Meyer's leaving for USC, and, of course, the viral video in which the Jags coach could be found grinding a young woman who was not his wife. Following a 20-0 loss at Tennessee on week 14, Khan had enough. A fruitless locker room conversation that provided no long-term answers sealed Meyer's fate. Accusations of disparaging coaches and players currently didn't help either. Now the entire situation will become a legal mess. Um... This kind of leads back to what I was saying for AEW stuff too. Kind of backtrack a little bit. 
Tony Khan owns AEW. That's Shad's son. As far as I know, Shad has nothing to do with AEW. And Tony has a little finance, financial ownership in the football team. Um, yes, they use the same facilities there for everybody, for the players, <coughs> excuse me, and the wrestlers. But Tony Khan said some stuff about WWE and the contract, so they don't honor him, and that's bad. I'm not, everybody's ripping on Tony Khan for this. Tony Khan had nothing to do with Urban Meyer's firing. So there. NCAA will pay officials the same at both basketball tournaments this year. They announced for men's basketball and women's basketball. So that's a good step. They're making progress. Another soapbox item, this beauty we got here. Parents of female Penn swimmer send letters to NCAA over transgender swimmer. One of the biggest sports stories and, and latest publicized sports stories has to do with UPenn's women's swimming team. Penn's women's swimming team has received attention because they have a transgender swimmer on the team, Leah Thomas. Leah or Thomas is competing for the women's team and is absolutely obliterating school and Ivy League records. She has been swimming on the women's team this season, despite previously competing on the men's team for the three years before this in his college her college career. She last swam with the men's team as Will Thomas in 2019. She was even a second-team all-conference swimmer as Will Thomas, but two seasons later is swimming for the women's team and dominating. The parents of Thomas's teammates are fed up with how ridiculous and unfair the whole situation is. Her teammates' parents! They sent an angry letter to the NCAA calling for an investigation to create some unfair boundary for to create some fair boundaries. At stake here is the integrity of women's sports, they wrote in their letter, according to the DailyMail.com. A precedent is being set, one in which women do not have a protected and equal, equal space to compete. It is a direct threat to female athletes in every sport. Where are the boundaries? How is this a line in which the NCAA's commitment to providing a fair environment for student athletes? It is a responsibility of the NCAA to address the matter with an official statement. As a government body, it is unfair and irresponsible to leave the letter that was sent December 5th to the parents have not had a response yet, according to Daily Mail. Um, so th this person will... Um, swam on the boys team. The girls don't like it. Um, Penn State sent a response to parents telling them that they are essentially standing behind Thomas and offering resources for the students to deal with any mental troubles they have for the situation. You know, like changing in the locker room and stuff like that. According to Daily Mail, some of Penn's swimmers were bothered by the perceived arrogance displayed by Thomas after she won a recent Zippy Invitational competition by 38 seconds. And swimming, that's huge. That's crushing. She said things like, as she was crushing and suggested that even she wasn't even at her best, it's okay because I'm still the number one swimmer in the country. Really? This is what it comes down to. You were number two before. You're second team All-American before for the men's. But now you have to do this. Um, rules in NCAA state that 
people like this could compete in the women's sports as long as they've been taking their sex change pills for at least a year. So that means he must have started popping them right after competition ended in 2019 to be swimming this year. Drew the hair out. Um, just looks like an ugly guy with long hair. And the other team, the teammates are getting frustrated. I would be frustrated if my, like we've said before, if my daughter was on the team and she got bumped from her scholarship for this. She's been fighting her whole life through high school and everything else for a, a college scholarship and lost out to this. This is wrong. In pro sports, in women's professional football, women's professional basketball, they don't want to allow this. That's fine. They're pros. They're getting paid. They're accepting it. In college, high school, no, this should not be happening. Pro sports, go with it. No problem. You're professionals. You're being paid. That you're no, You know what you're getting into. When these girls signed up to be on the swim team, they did not expect to be competing against men for their jobs. This is wrong. Penn State needs to fix this. The NCAA needs to fix this and fix it now. Whew. All right. Concerts. Back to the fun stuff. Not a lot of concerts to talk about today. We covered a lot last week, and we'll be doing a lot on social media over the holiday break. But Medina New Year's Eve, Hairball with guest star with guest arena. They're still putting out buy tickets. There's still tickets available there. Um, I've seen recently Hairball. As you see in the picture here, they show uh, one of the characters as Paul Stanley. They have brought back their Gene Simmons character now also. So um, that should be a good show right there. Very good group of guys. I highly suggest you check them out. Jeff Dunham, Target Center, December 30th. Um, very funny man. Good, uh, good way to break the tension, December 30th at Target Center. Here's the top five songs on the charts, the Hard Rock charts. Shotgun Blues by Volbeat, number one. Hunter's Moon by Ghost. Those two are touring together, so that's kind of cool. Supercharged dropped to number three. Lifeline by Bad Wolves up to four. And Kill the Noise by Papa Roach, who's been spending weeks at number one, drops to number five. But there's your songs on the charts. Very good songs, all of them. And Sir... That's what I have for this week's Andy's part of the show. Um, sorry if I offended anyone with the swimmer story, but my show, I'll say what I want. Yeah, it's interesting because... Because uh, even the parents of the teammates' parents are getting upset. I guess that's the part that I thought, okay, if even the teammates are getting upset, I'm not going to feel like I'm being the only one mad about this. Yeah, and it's not like uh, you or I are, are anti-transgender. No, I, I don't. I don't care. Um, yeah, what, what you, you want your body or what sports you play, as long right. as you go in in one lane and stay in whatever manner female you are, not yep. cut over. Now, this person does seem to be um, using, utilizing the new rule to take advantage of it to exploit it. Right. Um, second team All American. Well, now. She's going to be a first-team All-American, probably. And record oh, holder. That's not the, that's not this the spirit of the transgender athlete. That's not what right. it's here for to to be doing to, to yep. exploiting it. But yes, if you want to if you want to be a transgender, do it. If you want to cut over and play your sports or whatever gender you want to be, I I don't care what you do. But it's a situation like this that has now a ripple effect all the way through, and you get people upset, mad, pissed off because of this. 
because of the timing of all of it. Like you said, you got to start taking your pills uh, when you know it's going to start so you can declare to go into the women's program. But now you're changing in the women's locker room. You're taking a scholarship away from the women's. You're giving a scholarship spot back to the men's. It throws the whole thing in disarray. And there's no rules really for it. So this person's now trailblazing, um, not in a good way either. You know, it, you know, but so it forces their hand to make a decision, a ruling now. So yep. It's like I said, the whole thing is unfortunate. Pro sports wise, like the Minnesota Vixen football team or the White Cats for hockey, if they want to have a transgender on their team. That's a pro sport. God love you to go with it. You guys know what you're getting into. These are the college athletes. These are for scholarships. This is college for crying out loud. They're, you know, I'm just glad my girls, my, or my girl, my boy are out of college by now and I don't have to deal with this because I depend a letter or two that wouldn't have been as polite as that one. And you might have a, you know, someone on the, on the men's track team. That's a, that's an elite sprinter. As that's a freshman and says, you know what? I'm never going to reach that another level. Maybe I switch over for the purposes of doing this, take my pill regimen, go out as the women's team next year. And then I can be all American, um, you know, for, for or, same, or, or, concept. But without getting too, too woe is me-ish, you're from the poor, hard family, but you're this gifted basketball player, gifted track athlete. And some school's looking at you, and this is your only chance in the college. But now you're going to lose that scholarship because Johnny wants to be Jane and be on the track team too. No, it's, it's... You know, without playing a bleeding heart card either, but these guys who are – this is their – hopefully they're taking the college – you're already a premier male athlete. Oh, now you're going to be the female. You just took a spot from someone else trying to get in the school. Yeah, it's a tricky situation is, is what it is, and it's unfortunate for, for everyone involved because it's not, not, not fun. And, and like we said before, you want to be transgender. I got no beef with that at all. Do, do what you want. Hope you're happy. Yeah. When you start taking away educations and scholarships from people, that's where it's issue for me. It's interesting deal. Um, all right, so for sports, college football, I'll do a little coverage on the Division yeah. Three, Division Three uh, men's football national title game um, was this weekend, and we get Mary Harden Baylor, the team winning that title for the national championship. D two, Ferris State, Ferris State won the D two, and uh, the FCS, like we said earlier, down to the final four. They're done now for December. Those teams will square off January 8th for the national title. And then what we're left with now is, is 40, 44 games of college bowl. D, D1 college bowl, you get to watch all your favorite seven and five, eight and five teams playing. If there's been nine games, Andy, so far for the college bowl season already. Two, two of those games, are only two of them involve the team that was ranked in the top 25. So a lot of these are your low-hanging fruit uh, People just getting a chance to play one more game. It's not that big. The crowds weren't even that big at some of these games to start with. So they don't draw a lot, but it's a big revenue boost for the, for the city hosting. And yeah, this week it's going to get wild with uh, the rest of these college bowl games coming up this week, leading up to Christmas and after Christmas. And it all culminates, uh, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. All right. Are you ready for the trivia question? Trivia question answered. Trivia question is Buck Showalter recently hired for the Mets to be their head coach, uh, manager. 
He's the fifth one, fifth person who's ever managed both the Yankees at their one point in their career and has also coached the Mets at one point in their career. Both, both New York teams in baseball. He's the fifth one to do so. The question is, who's the other four? Can you name them, Andy? I think uh, Casey, or Casey, or Casey Stengel, no. Um, yes, Casey Stengel yes, Casey is one. Was. What's that? Joe Torre. Yes, Joe Torre is the second. I, those are the ones that I, I remember I looked at it. The, the, the one name I won't give, I'll let you give the answer. There's one name that I totally gapped. But what are the other two? Yogi Berra. Yep. Managed both. Yep. And the last one is Dallas Green. That's the one that when I saw that blew me away. I totally forgot about him. Dallas Green was the uh, a manager for both the Yankees and the Mets. Well, like we said in the pre-production meeting, just from our generation growing up, I always look at Dallas Green at the Phillies. Yeah, so do I. I think yeah, of him as a fine. Phillies guy. Yeah. Yes. Very good. So five guys have done it. And Joe Torre wasn't one of them. What was that? And Joe Torre, great coach. Yeah. You know. All right. So here is are you are you wrestling, are you ready for the album of the week review? Album of the week is it I think it's one we talked about a while ago. We talked Had about this a while ago. In fact, Andy, you gave me the suggestion. Yes. And here I'm gonna decide. To to open your eyes and ears. Yeah. An album I never even heard of that. The album is The Nashville Outlaws, a tribute to Motley Crue. I know we did one country album once before, the Garth Brooks. I thought typically I don't do a a lot of country. We're mainly rock, heavy metal, glam, air band. But boy, this was uh, this was an interesting album to listen to. Nashville Outlaws, a tribute to Motley Crue, is a 2014 studio album released via Big Machine Records. It's a tribute album to the heavy metal band Motley Crue, featuring covers of their songs performed by various country music artists. The album's lead single is a cover of Home Sweet Home, recorded by Justin Moore as a duet with Motley Crue lead singer Vince Neil. So this came out in 2014. It came out 15 songs, all Motley Crue songs covered by various country music artists. And I think they were given their own leeway on how to, how to proceed with it. Some went, uh, really gave it the, you know, the push the throttle down. And some yeah. of them, there was some, some of these songs were nothing more than a different version of, of right. singing. And I think what they did was got the, got the artists together to do this. And then some put forth that extra effort to really rock it out. And some just kind of was average. Made it their own. Yep. So, um, but there was, there were 15 songs and this album, it didn't go over, you know, big, it didn't go platinum. It didn't even go gold. It's, it sold 55,000 copies in the U S but very interesting. It kicks off with kickstart my heart by the rascal flats. Uh, that was actually very well done. Yeah. That was actually a good version. Rascal flats did that song. And then the next song, uh, track two is if I die tomorrow done by the Florida Georgia line. And then Leanne Rhymes comes in on song number three, doing a, a pretty good version of Smoking in the Boys' Room. Yes, that surprised me when I saw her doing that one. Yeah, that was, she did that, uh, well, Home Sweet Home, we mentioned that, that's Justin Moore. And that's the only single that was released off this album. And with the music video and everything done with that, uh, 
it shows Vince Neil in the background singing, Justin Moore singing it. They call it a duet, but it's kind of a audio uh, immersion yeah. together. And that was uh, Home Sweet Home. Then The Animal and Me is song number five, The Animal and Me. That's a song by Cassidy Pope with Robin Zander. And then Afraid, the song Afraid by Motley Crue was covered by Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis, formerly of uh, Stained. Yep. And then the song SOS, Same Old Situation, Motley Crue song covered by Big and Rich. I, I'm not a big bit... As personal reasons, I don't like Big and Rich. I just John Rich rubs me wrong. Yeah, their their version of same old situation was kind of tame, I think, as well. But yep. Then they go on to the next song is uh, "Without You." Uh, this is Claire Bowen with Sam uh, Palladio. Palladio, and that's also, I think, very average. Uh, song nine is "Don't Go Away." Mad, just go away. That is covered by the Eli Young Band. They're all right. And then Looks That Kill. Looks That Kill by Motley Crue. Song 10, covered by Lauren Jenkins. And then we get into Live Wire, one of my favorite songs by Motley yep. Crue. Live Wire, covered by the Cadillac 3. Next song, 12, is Dr. Feel Good, is covered by the Mavericks. Yep. The song Girls, 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 covered by Brantley Gilbert. And then Wild Side. Gretchen Wilson does a pretty good, pretty good Wild Side song. I like being like Gretchen Wilson. That was very good. Yeah. Now, I think we like, typically might like her. Uh, she does cover a lot of heart songs, you know, straight on. She does Barracuda. Um, she's done some duets with Kid Rock, too. Yes. So she's done some songs more to our liking. And that's why it didn't really surprise me to see her do Wild Side. Very well done. And finally, misses, it wraps up with Time for Change done by Darius Rucker. Yeah, the Misses is a big Gretchen Wilson fan. What's that? The Misses is a big fan of Gretchen Wilson. Oh, really? So. Yeah, I, I, I looked her up and was surprised to see some of the songs that uh, you know she has done over, over the years. Uh, but very good stuff. She does a lot of, uh, lot of cover, a lot of songs with other artists, a lot of collaboration. But uh, has done some stuff with uh, with Ann Wilson, uh, yep. done some things with um, you know you know Hart, and I think even an Allison Chains something with was yep. done in, in the Seattle area. So and, and now I'm not big in the country music. I knew some of the bands there. I heard, um, but it wasn't the let's take the top 15 country bands and have them do Motley Crue songs. There was a lot of not real popular bands or average bands. That it's did all across the board. I liked about it. You know, it wasn't. Alabama trying to do one and, and Brad Paisley trying to do one and Alan Jackson doing one. And, you know, cause that loses it then, you know, I want to hear what somebody else has to offer. Like the kiss album, kiss my ass's album. Um, there was one, uh, the Eagles had one that a bunch of country artists did a bunch of Eagles songs. That was kind of cool. Those are to me are fun albums to listen to, you know, cause you know, these guys grew up with them as influences. Yes, and that was very interesting to to see that to go through and listen to this because uh, they put a lot into it. Uh, but is it an album that I'm going to go out and buy and stick in my uh, eight track player? No, I'm I'm not going to. I'm glad you recommended it. I'm glad I did the review. It's a good listen on Spotify to put those songs in your mix every very now. Very good, very good to listen. I was I was uh, I like going through listening to all those fifteen. Yeah, 
I, I wouldn't listen to it all the time, but every now and then for something different. Yes. All right. Anything more for music or concerts? No, um, not much. Just uh, a lot of the stuff for that. In the next two weeks, we have special episodes planned. So music stuff, concert stuff, we'll probably just keep following the social media sites. We put things up on there on any concerts coming up, this and that. And uh, after the first year, we'll hit that, hit that hard again running with concerts and new releases and stuff. I am listening to the new uh, Jerry Cantrell album, and that will be reviewed at the beginning of next year, next season, January, next month. I'll do a review of that. that. I'm impressed with that album. I like it. You still get your fingers crossed that mom might get your concert tickets for Christmas? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I looked it up, and it's they've got special restrictions on, on the COVID. Oh, is it there? Not I will get into that. So, Where's it at again? Was that the... It's at the old uh, Fitzgerald Theater. Oh, that's right, yeah. Now it's called something else. Um, I would like to see it, but I'm not that gung ho now about it. It's gonna, he's coming to town, I think, March 24th. And now with everything else changing, like all these other sports, that could changing. really be up in the air as yeah, well. That's I'm not all sure. Changed. So I'll, I'll wait a couple months to see how that all shakes out. But uh, I do like the album. That's why I kind of didn't go so far on concerts this time because so many things will be changing again now. Very so if you do fluid, have very for, fluid. Yep. If you have tickets for something in March or February, Save them, hold on to them, keep your ears open, follow. If it's at Target Center, follow Target Center's website or that band's website and go from there. Unfortunately, expect changes, I think, on some stuff coming up. Yeah, the, the NFL will be the most, I think, the interesting thing to watch as that develops because the season's almost done. They're, they're winding right. down and there's playoffs just around the corner and now they're moving and shaking all this. Right. That, I hate to say the bubble word, but you never know. With the money they got – Invested in all this stuff, you know, or they're going to limit seating in stadiums or something. They're going to have to do something to their show they're trying. All right, that's all I've got on my end. Anything more on your end? Uh, no, like I said, next two weeks, special episodes um, for the weekends anyway. I know I'm still going to do some midweek stuff. You're doing your midweek stuff still. But I guess all I got to say is till, till next, till we meet again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Happy holidays. See ya.